Welcome to Resilience in You with Beth Page. It's thought that challenges and uncertainty make us the people we are today. Where success comes in is how resilient we are in the face of adversity. Being resilient means taking a break, creating a sense of calm in our storm. You start today. Here's your host, Beth Page. Hello, fabulous humans. Welcome to Resilience in You. I'm your host, Beth Page, and I'm delighted you're joining us today for our first show. What if today is the perfect day to get your day off to a great start by cultivating your resilience? I'm pleased to be joining you today from this, the Halat, Penelica, and Stuminas families territory. I host this show with you all from the traditional lands of these family, families that have been stewarded for years. I'm also really excited to be here today because it's International Women's Day. And may each of us have an opportunity to celebrate the women in our lives whose shoulders we stand on, be they our mother, our aunts, great aunts, grandmothers, sisters, mentors, and elders. I opened the show by asking, what if today is the perfect day to cultivate your resilience? Resilience in You is designed to invite the stories of resilience that you can connect to in service of adding tools to your own resilience toolbox. My special guest today is Sharon Floyd. I'm delighted to be taking a seat at the table with her today as we talk about resilience in you. Sharon has um, been uh, working in the area of raising and amplifying the voices of women and children and youth from marginalized communities for decades. Welcome, Sharon. Um, as we open today, uh, I w- would like to invite you to start by um, introducing yourself to our listeners. What what would you want people to know about Sharon Floyd? Oh, wow. Uh, well, first of all, Beth, I want to thank you for asking me to join you and join a seat at the table today. And uh, what do I want listeners to know about me? Well, I've been working on the issue of gender-based violence for many, many, many years. And uh, before I started this work at Embrave Agency to End Violence as an executive director, I was working with at-risk youths and also with developmental services. And in those sectors, I really saw that gender-based violence is, is something that, we, uh, that touches many of us. And so uh, it's a bit of a calling for me to be in this work. And uh, I'm just really excited to be here, and I'm excited to be continuing to amplify the voices of those who are most marginalized in our community, and that's really what my work includes at Embrave Agency to End Violence, so that's me. So exciting. And um, do you recall uh, when you experienced yourself being called to this work? Like, was there a moment of truth where this work said, we need you? You know, I... You know, I sometimes wonder whether I need this work or whether this work needs me. Mm. Because really, this work allows me to step into my leadership. It allows me to step into uh, what I think is my calling. And um, I've been somebody who has never been able to sit complicit in the face of injustice and it inspires me and, and speaks to me in terms of when I see injustice in, in front of me, I, I have to speak out against it. Mm-hmm. And so it's who I am uh, mm-hmm. and it's the work that I do all in, all in one. 
And yeah. so, you know, I can't really pick that, that pivotal moment, to be honest with you. Uh, I can't remember a time when it wasn't part of, uh, of how I was showing up and how I, how I, you know, did the work and how, who I was. So yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard question to answer. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, and as you reflect on this past year, uh, we have had so much going on in the world. Uh, and has there been a specific time where you really felt now I need to, I need to take a seat at the table now? For sure. I mean, when you asked me to join you uh, for today's, you know, International Women's Day, I wanted to focus on celebrating, first mm -hmm. of all. I wanted to talk, uh, focus on celebrating women and celebrating the many contributions they've made to continue to make the world what it is today. And I also wanted to honor those who paved the way to get us where we are today, as you spoke about when we started. And also, you know, on this particular day, also take the opportunity to highlight the work that still needs to be done to uphold the rights of women and create gender equality. This year's theme, um, Choosing to Challenge, Mm -hmm. as well as the theme of uh, leadership really speaks to me. And, and when you talk about challenges that I experienced this year, I would have to say COVID, you know, and that's, you know, that's something that we've all experienced together globally. But for me, particularly watching and bearing witness to anti-black racism on TV. It's been something that I've bear witness to for, for most of my life. But I would have to say that during COVID, it became ex extremely challenging as I watched the murder of George Floyd on, in, on national television mm -hmm. and heard about the tragic death of Breonna Taylor or on this side of the border, the death of Regis Korkinski Paquette in Toronto, or the assault of Chantal Krupka in Mississauga, or the egregious assault caught on tape of Dahlia Coffey in Calgary. Those, that experience challenged me to my core. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it challenged me personally as well as challenged me professionally. And as a mother, I, I didn't mention, you know, at the beginning when you talked about who I was, and, uh, and I'm a mother of two male allies, and, uh, you know, I, I had to step into leadership in the work that I do, raising issues around gender inequality, and also, you know, part of that work includes talking about um, racial inequality as well, as we recognize the disproportionate number of Indigenous and Black women and folks who experience violence in our community. And so, you know, on a personal level, or sorry, on a professional level, that was the conversation that I was having within our, our community and my community. And on a personal level, the conversation that I was having was with my sons. Mm -hmm. And it was, a, it was harsh reality for me to see that, you know, ongoing fear, police brutality, racism continues um, in, our, in our society uh, and across the globe. And I, was, I had to have those difficult conversations with my son. So I look at every day, 
And, and I can't imagine anyone looking at my two boys and seeing nothing but compassion and love and trust mm-hmm. and, and honesty in their eyes and, and just acknowledging that they may be looked at by some as an enemy or someone that should be feared was hard. Yeah. And, and that was a difficult conversation for me to have with them to, to, to let them know that that's the reality you know, being black boys, that they have a different experience and that that experience may be tough yeah. and how they need to show up to keep themselves safe in today's world. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and um, you raise such uh, important um, messages for all of us. Uh, um, my, uh, my father was a police officer until I was 10 years old and then... Um, he purchased a restaurant, so I ended up being raised mostly in the restaurant business. And um, I often think, you know, for um, just the safety of all of us humans, what's possible for all of us with a little bit more compassion. And um, when you're talking about having these conversations with your two boys, and of course, we know it's Keenan's birthday today, so happy birthday, Keenan! A little shout out there. Um, how great that he was born on International Women's Day. Yes. Uh, and uh, when you talk about opening up these conversations with your boys, I'm thinking of our listeners who are thinking, oh, I'm going to go home tonight and maybe open up a conversation uh, with my children so that I can create a, a better, more resilient world. Uh, and I'm going to take a seat in that conversation with my kids. What would your advice be? What would your guidance be about how to how to have that conversation in this um, in this time? You know, Beth, I I really wish I could tell you that there's something that I can say today that would better prepare parents to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm just speaking from my heart yeah. it was a conversation that I knew I needed to have and it's a conversation that I put off and you put it off and you put it off and as a parent you know you need to equip your children and, inc- and, and equip others who look upon you for leadership and guidance and support um, to give them the tools and the resources to, to have the best start and the best, mm-hmm. the best steps forward. And I, what I would say is just as a young black girl, you know, I was often told that I wasn't good enough, that, you know, I had, I had to work harder, I had to do more. And the reality was I was striving, I was surviving, but not necessarily thriving. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, it worked hard because in some senses I wanted to prove to others that I could do things that they said I couldn't do and so for parents out there and those that are that are needing to lift up those around you that are marginalized whether it's your children or others that you are uh, supporting in allyship um, it's to just tell them that they're, they're enough mm-hmm. let them lean into and be clear about what they bring to the table and learn to value that mm-hmm. because there's, there's many things that, that, uh, that each individual, each of us bring to the table. 
And even though there's many of, out there that will say that you can't do this or you can't do that or you're not good enough and need to do more of this, you're enough. And um, you want to hear that from your parents and you want to be able to tell yourself that. Mm. And so that you can show up in spaces and you can take that seat at the table when it matters most and know that you make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it sounds like um, uh, your boys are, are a source of inspiration for you taking a seat at the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning uh, Keenan's birthday. Uh, today is a day also that I celebrate life mm-hmm. um, because uh, he, he's my first son. And, uh, and so certainly, you know, one of, one of my biggest inspirations. So um, absolutely, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that you um, talked about was the importance of bearing witness. And what does bearing witness, what does that mean to you? I think it's, you know, seeing what's happening before you, in front of you, and also reflecting on what that means for you. Knowing who you are, affirming what you believe in, also affirming what those values are that informs what it is that you're seeing in front of you. Um, We see many things that happen and and we can't just stand by and watch. We need to understand or even think about what does that mean for me and what does that mean for who I am? What does my values tell me, you know, in terms of what I need to do about that? So I think that um, bearing witness means all of those things mm-hmm. um, and bearing witness also uh, means you know h- how does that what you're what you're witnessing speak to you and how can you show up authentically in the world so you're making a change to that narrative as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, when you talk about uh, the values that inform your work what are, what are those key values uh, that ensure that you make the necessary choices that you can't not make to show up at the table? I, I value truth and I value honesty and I, I value the truth of those whose voices are seldom heard. And so that's a truth that many of us don't regularly hear, hear about. We read about history um, in the textbooks that are provided to us, but we know there's, there's another truth out there. Um, and so, you know, it's not about hearing the truth and not reconciling. It's about hearing the truth and reconciling and also, um, being part of, uh, the narrative, uh, to change, to, to help others understanding what that truth looks like. So there's multiple truths out there. Um, and, and I'm very much interested in the truth that's not often told, mm-hmm. um, and so in terms of values as well, it's, it's about integrity, it's about justice, gender equity, um, equality. Those are the things that I value most. And collaboration, that's a huge piece in terms of uh, something that I value because I recognize that uh, it, it takes more than 
one group or of individuals to, to make a difference. And we, we all need to bring our strengths together to, to make a change. And, and ending gender-based violence and ending racial, racial injustice is about systemic change. And in order to make that change, we have to collaborate and we have to work together. And so I very much value um, collaborative work. And because mm-hmm. uh, I do think that that's what makes a difference. Yeah. And if you were to describe a collaborative uh, success story, what one comes to mind for you? Hmm. You know, I, 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 I would say, you know, probably because of the recency effect of thinking about the, you know, our community working collaboratively to address the issues of gender-based violence in our community um, is one of the things I think about. And also I think about the collaborative efforts of our organization formerly known as Interim Place and now we're in Brave Agency to End Violence um, and the collaboration of our community working with us to, to change that name so that we were you know, we could highlight our organizational values, uh, our values to provide supports to all individuals who are experiencing violence. Uh, that would include women, two-spirit, genderqueer, gender nonconforming, and non-binary folks in our community, two-spirit folks in our community. And also, um, you know, making sure that we were low barrier and that we were removing all the barriers to access for, for survivors of violence in our community. And in the context of COVID, it was, you know, knowing what we did individually better and what we can do together much, much better and stronger for our community. So I think those are the two things that I'd like to focus on around collaboration. Wonderful. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back and let's talk about resilience for this work because it's fascinating to hear all that you're doing and I want to learn more, as do our listeners, about what sustains you and contributes to your resilience while you're doing this work. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the Resilience at Work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited Resilience at Work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. Welcome back. Sharon Floyd is my guest, the executive director of Embrave. We are um, shifting our conversation ever so slightly to talk about uh, what contributes to her resilience and supports her in all of this great work that she does. And so Sharon, over to you. What are the, what are the key strategies that provide you with the necessary resilience to keep taking a seat at the table? Uh, well, one of the things I think about Beth is uh, when you asked me about what, what keeps me at the table is, is one of my um, one of my favorite quotes from Audre Lorde, uh, which is uh, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is a self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Mm-hmm. And that's what that keeps me engaged and, and keeps me um, at the table, um, is, is needing to recognize when I need to recharge and uh, take a break and celebrate sometimes so that I can have those difficult conversations and enter into courageous and brave conversations with, with others. Yeah, and, and so I can show up in a way that helps my voice to be heard because sometimes I'm just angry, right? Like sometimes I'm just angry and, and if I'm angry, I'm really not communicating uh, the way that I'd like to, and that's not sending a message that that really calls those to action or mm-hmm. gives clarity as to what action uh, needs to be taken. So, so you know, there are times where I need to, you know, take a step away, and whether it's journaling or uh, you know, just playing with my children, reading a book, uh, just engaging in self-reflection allows me to to take a pause. And, and care for myself. Um, you know, thinking about as a racialized woman, you know, showing up at spaces, often there's many individuals around the table that do not look like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's difficult. And so, you know, I've learned to look for allyship and you develop relationships with others that 
I know I can trust and that she can, will share in my vision as well as my values. Um, so that's an important piece because, you know, as I talked about earlier, none of us can do this work alone. Mm-hmm. And so when you're entering into difficult conversations, it's important to have others alongside you that, that get you and get, yeah. you know, what it is you're trying to achieve and, and see that same vision that you see. And that's important. I also, you know, it's important for me to be very mindful. And we talked a little bit about authenticity and showing up as uh, my authentic self. And I just wanted to point out that, you know, I'm very well aware that showing up authentically is a privilege Mm -hmm. and it's not afforded to all of us in the same way. Um, So some people who show up authentically as I would love to show up authentically sometimes in spaces, as I said, um, I don't want to be, you know, have that, be seen to be the angry black woman or, you know, someone who, you know, wants to be heard more than listen. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and there are times when, you know, of course I'm angry. I feel I have a right to be angry. But as I said, you know, and authentically being me means showing up in that space in that way, but that doesn't really get us to where we need to get to. So, um, so that's why it's so important to do those self-care pieces uh, and care and to, to take care of yourself because it, it's hard. It's hard to sometimes sit at the table. Yeah. Sometimes you're not invited to the table. So sometimes you have to make space at the table, bring mm-hmm. your own chair, as, as Shirley Chisholm mm-hmm. says. And, um, and when you're there, you want to make a difference. So you're bringing everything you can. Yeah. There's no room for, you know, next time, potentially, right? Yeah. So you got to bring all you got when you get there. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is to care for self before you get there. Yeah. Well, and that that um that idea that uh we need to care for ourselves all the time in order so that we have the resources we need. Um in those critical moments when there may not be a next time. And you know, I'm connecting in also to the emotion of anger. Um because there's a gift in that, right? It it helps us get clear on boundaries for ourselves, for sure, but sometimes for others as well. Uh, it's rare for me to be saying, this is not acceptable. And yet when I say it, it's coming from that place of, we can't, this, this is not a do-over. We got to get this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, when, what really works for you when you know you need to show up as your aspirational best self? I think, you know, what works for me is, is that vision. You know, even though I say to you, you know, there's no do-overs, we've got to get it right this time. It's, it's, a, it's a longer-term vision that, you know, continues to inspire me to... To, to, to feel and believe that there's going to be another opportunity. And if it's not something that I say today, it's something that will be built on mm-hmm. by someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, I often, you know, say to, to those I work with, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes we need to pass that baton on to someone else. And so, you know, at times where I haven't taken care of self and I haven't, you know, given myself the space to show up uh, or be at the table with the intention um, and with the clarity that I've wanted to have, uh, I just hope that the conversation that is started uh, continues Mm -hmm. and that others who also share that vision uh, can carry on the conversation when I can't Mm -hmm. or have the words that can be said that others can hear if they Mm -hmm. don't hear my own. And that's why, you know, uh, allyship is so important um, because it's not always you that, uh, that individuals will listen to. It's not always me that individuals will listen to. It might be someone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so that's important as long as you know we're not taking credit for the work that others bring to the table because i've seen a lot of that happen too um but we are we are valuing valuing and honoring uh the words of others Mm -hmm. and we're and we're we're keeping that conversation going so yeah and um this topic of allyship so um valuable right now because uh there are people who would like to engage in the activities of allyship. Uh, and how do you know when you, when you see somebody in a space and you're like, Ooh, I think I've found somebody who's uh, actively going to support this work. What, what tells you you've, you're, that person is across the table from you or sitting next to you? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, I see allyship as a, as a verb, right? Mm-hmm. Something that's active, ongoing, not a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. Individuals that can step into that space um, and, and be allies, at, even though there will come at some consequence for them to themselves, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so it's something that it, it's, I don't, it's not something that I see one time, it's something that I see over time, mm-hmm. you know, when, when things get difficult and then, you know, there's others that will, will speak up and, and speak about, you know, why change is important. They're willing to give up their seat at the table for others' voices to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like, you know, white cis men, for example, are socialized and taught in ways that make it difficult for them to recognize male privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, white folks are socialized and taught not to recognize white privilege. Mm-hmm. So one of the things about allyship is, is, is knowing your privilege. Yeah. And knowing who at the table does not have the same privilege as you do. And giving them space mm-hmm. to, to speak about their experiences and also creating space for their experiences to be on the agenda, to be discussed, and to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are, those are the important things that I look for. Yeah, I'm hearing um, actively seeking opportunities to make sure all the voices get in the room. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, my uh, uh, colleague and author, uh, Peter Block, says, who pays the price for the chair you occupy? Mm-hmm. And I think of that as um, a way 
of inviting people to uh, achieve some awareness of the privilege um, that uh, uh, is available uh, uh, due to resources that exist, skin color, education, the gender, you name it, it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so when I hear you talk about privilege, I am like, and um, there are so many opportunities to use it for good. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you think about yourself using um, uh, the privilege of the seats that, and the tables that you occupy for good, what's the call to action to other people who um, are sitting with privilege and are saying to themselves, what are, how can I use it for good? I would say, you know, to that ongoing engagement uh, in practice to create a, that deeper sense of awareness of, of your privilege is important. Uh, and, and through that ongoing engagement and understanding of your privilege, you will see racism, you will see oppression, and you will see how it impacts others. And so part of that call to action is that self-awareness, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, that's why, you know, we experience so many of the challenges that we, are, we experience is because you, other, you know, people that are in positions of privilege don't see the oppression, don't see the racism or the discrimination. Mm-hmm. And so a good part of, of calling to action is that action to self, mm-hmm. really, um, to become more self-aware. And through that self-awareness, you will see the action that needs to be taken because you will see the oppression and you will see the racism and the discrimination in, in front of you. And if you don't see it, there's going to be others that are, that are there beside you that will bring it to your attention. And mm-hmm. when they do, what are you going to do about that, right? Um, you know, um, help others to, to, to build on their self-awareness as well mm-hmm. is an important piece. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when we're looking at, you know, those that are systems leaders, for example, in, in positions of power, in positions of privilege, you look at who you are serving in your organizations through your leadership and also look at who you're not and ask yourselves why mm-hmm. who is benefiting from your leadership and who is not benefiting from your leadership yeah. and those questions are important questions to ask yourself all the time and when you see who's not there that's your call to action make yeah. that space and make that room and create that opportunity for other voices to be heard. Yeah. And when you think about that call to action, uh, my curiosity is once seen, can it be unseen? It's a good, uh, you always, you always uh, provoke a lot of thought in in me, Beth. And, uh, I, there was a Navajo saying that I come, had come across 
that said you cannot wake someone who was pretending to sleep. Mm. And I don't believe you can unsee something that you've seen, mm. something that you've seen. But if you don't want to see it, or if it doesn't serve you and you, you don't want to take the action necessary, you, you may unsee it. You mm -hmm. may not see it for its fullness that you need to see it. You might not dig deeper mm -hmm. to see it in its full light. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a curious question for me. Uh, and my hope is uh, that once seen, it can't be unseen. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's, uh, it's this notion of a lesson continues to repeat itself until learned. That right. I see it, and now I see it again. And, and maybe in that time of seeing it again, I'm now equipping myself to take action. True. And so uh, it, it may not look like action. It may look like it's unseen, but maybe, maybe I'm looking for ways to take action. And maybe I'm watching the activity of allyship happening next to me, and I'm taking a little lesson from that. Uh, wouldn't that be uh, a pretty amazing um, way to observe someone who's learning? Mm -hmm. Because you were talking about allyship being about activity. Mm -hmm. And so there may be learning happening every time we take an action of allyship. Absolutely. Even if it doesn't look like it's happening at the moment, someone may well be taking a moment of mentorship there. Mm. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about your resilience in action and what you've learned as you have um, found yourself uh, in less resilient and more resilient places. What contributes to Sharon Floyd being resourced for resilience? We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the Resilience at Work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited Resilience at Work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. 
Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. Welcome back. Uh, you're joining Sharon Floyd and I in a conversation about Resilience in You. And just before the break, we were uh, talking about a passage that uh, has inspired Sharon. And it occurred to me that, uh, you know, I'm reminded of, uh, of uh, the late Ojibwe elder, uh, Richard Wagamese, who, when he talked about resilience, and I'm going to have to paraphrase, but he talked about the fact that he didn't want to bounce back because bouncing back meant returning to where you were before. And he wanted to go beyond, beyond the hurt. And I uh, think of that passage often because uh, we sometimes, certainly we have heard a lot through this pandemic, uh, let's get back to normal. And um, I think there's been an appreciation that there's a new normal. Um, And I'm curious what you've learned this last year about resilience uh, in supporting you in being an authentic leader. Yeah, I think, Beth, what I've learned this year is that, you know, being an authentic leader means um, knowing who I am, being truly in tune with self, Mm -hmm. and knowing my strengths, Mm -hmm. as well as knowing my areas of growth, and that... You know, it's important to to know those areas of of strength and leverage those areas of strength to to help, you know, move the conversation forward and move the issue forward. And and where I have areas of of growth um, to really sit back and allow others to step into their leadership. And I'm fortunate at Embrave Agency to End Violence to have a, a great team of individuals that I work with that that really build off of each other's strengths and uh, we recognize uh, the value of, of what each of us brings to the table. And, um, you know, I have an amazing manager of programs and services, uh, Rebecca Rogers, who really is is great about, you know, identifying you know, where we can improve as a team and, you know, how do we call upon each of our strengths, as I talked about, 
And, uh, and I think that's really an important piece. And, and without that self-care, uh, we don't have the room to do that. We just go, 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 continue to move on and move forward. And, um, and we don't take that pause, that time to reflect, that time to, to, to really build that resilience that we need to get back at that table. So, um, and COVID allowed us to do that. COVID allowed us to take a pause and to take a step back in some respects, you know, all of that, you know, stay at home mm-hmm. um, and, you know, distancing allowed us to be in our own space and in our own heads and, in our, and, and to really look at ourselves more closely. And I, and I really feel that that was an important part of, uh, of my leadership and my growth as, as an individual as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, I also recall, uh, certainly in uh, the midst of the pandemic, you were also pivoting with regards to getting service to people in a different way. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, that called for a tremendous amount of creativity and innovation within your agency. Uh, what are you most proud of when you look back on that time? Uh, you know, we have been operating as an organization 24 hours, 365, seven days a week, and we have had not one positive case of COVID in our organization, and it's almost a year. And that is absolutely something to celebrate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you wow. know, when people were hearing that shelters were not safe spaces and that we, you know, we couldn't maintain, you know, social distancing and keep the residents, keep the staff safe, you know, uh, it, you know, it was, it was hard. It's a lot to carry. It's a lot to, to a weight on your shoulder, knowing that, you know, you want to be able to be available. You want to be fully operational and accessible to survivors of violence, especially now when we've seen a spike yeah. in gender-based violence across the globe and within our communities. Um, so, so being able to stay fully operational and, and be able to let survivors know we're here for you, you can rely on us, our doors are open, just call, just come. Uh, and we've been able to do that is, is huge, huge. Uh, and it's taken our full team at Embrave to make that happen. So I'm just honored and, and privileged to be working with them all. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just so proud of, of the important work that they've done on behalf of our community. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we opened our conversation talking about the value of collaboration. And uh, it sounds like you and your team have uh, found the secret sauce and if you were going to uh, pull a few uh, nuggets to support um, the resilience that has uh, been needed in order for all of this to happen, the collaboration that's been needed, what are a couple of nuggets that you would, you would say to people to support them in, uh, in, in, in the final miles of this marathon, as we've been told? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I said earlier, you know, is, is one of the things that I probably would lean into once again here, which is, you know, to be clear about what you bring to the table and to value that. 
mm-hmm. and to also be clear about what others bring to the table and value that as well. Mm-hmm. And that it is a collective voice and a collective responsibility to bring about the change that we want to see. Mm-hmm. And so acknowledging and recognize that not one of us can, can do what we need to do alone. Mm-hmm. It's important to, to lean on, leverage, and support those around you to make the difference uh, that they can make with you uh, mm-hmm. for a better world for, for all of us. And mm-hmm. so I, I think those, those are the, the things that I would say are most important for mm-hmm. us to remember. And, um, and in setting yourself up for, for great collaboration, uh, what are some of those self-care uh, activities that you engage in uh, that support you and your resilience and your desire to show up as your best self? Well, I would, I would say self-reflection is a, is, is a lot of what I do. And, and I, I, I you know, journal and I um, leave myself voice notes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes it's, uh, I haven't been doing a lot of commuting during COVID, but um, pre-COVID, you know, voice notes are very helpful because you spend a lot of time in the car and you, you don't always remember uh, the things that you need to say to yourself and, and just those positive messages that you, you, you need to kind of continuously, uh, you know, say to yourself in terms of, you know, get back in there, you can do it. You know, those, are, I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but, mm-hmm. you know, those are really, really important things to just to, to remind yourself of, you know, the strength that you have um, on, on days that are most difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, that's important. You know, you know, taking time to just enjoy the outdoors and to jo- enjoy, you know, you know, the sunlight, you know, I can, I can work in my office hours and hours on end. And I forget sometimes to just go outside and breathe fresh air and, and look at, look at the sunlight and, uh, and something as simple as that can make it the, a huge difference in your day. And so, uh, so just remember, you know, all of what's happening around you, um, uh, not only what you're focused on, but what feeds you well to, mm-hmm. to keep you focused. Mm-hmm. And and so so yeah, those are the things that that I can highlight. And I do a lot of dancing. I have to tell you before before you and I connected on this call, I had to dance it out because I I need positive energy. I you know, yeah. and so sometimes it's you know you're you know listening to those uh, songs that really just speak to your heart and get you moving. And and uh, and uh, so yeah, I I, must, I love you know I love music so. Uh, so I dance it out quite a bit. My kids are always looking at me saying, oh, mom. But I say, oh, hey, you know, I need a partner. Let's go. So, <laughs> so well, that, yeah. Well, and isn't it lovely that um, you have dance partners that are just readily available in your household? How lovely is that? <laughs> I, absolutely. It certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I heard in what you said is um, gratitude. Um, and uh, when you... Uh, look at uh, your own leadership journey. Um, what are you grateful for? 
Oh, I'm grateful for, for many things. I'm grateful for all the amazing, amazing black women uh, who have come before me, who have paved the way uh, for me to be here. My mother, uh, my aunties, my sisters, uh, you know, those that are, have shown up strong and resilient uh, and they inspire me to, to move forward and do the things that I need to do each day. Um, I'm grateful for, for my colleagues and my co- the cohort. I, you know, as part of the MAL program, I have been, you know, grateful for every single one of our, our cohort. They're an amazing group of individuals and I, and this journey, you know, of, of, you know, going through the Masters of Leadership program has been an amazing program uh, that Royal Roads has had there and, and, and just the cohort, the faculty, everybody has been amazing and uh, a huge shout out to all of them. So, yeah, and I'm grateful for, for, for life and, you know, uh, grateful, um, that I have those around me and thanks for reminding me, you know, we, I'm fortunate to have dance partners and, and family uh, around me and, uh, and friends to support me in this work. So, yeah. Thanks. Is there a last comment before uh, we bring our conversation to a close today? I just really want to, because today's International Women's Day, I want to just thank everyone really mm-hmm. and, to, and wish everyone a happy International Women's Day. And, uh, yeah. Mm. Thanks so much, Sharon. Uh, What a delight to have Sharon Floyd here for our first show and uh, on International Women's Day, no less. And as we close today, I'm going to invite you to consider what fills you up. A mug of tea, cooking yourself a meal, experiencing some time outdoors in nature, as Sharon has suggested. Figure out what it is that nourishes you and practice that one thing today with intentionality. Consider getting this week off to a great, resilient start. What one wise action could support you and your resilience this week? The conversation doesn't have to end here. Feel free to continue to connect on social via LinkedIn. And please join us again next Monday so we can get another week off to a resilient, grateful, and nourishing start. I'm Beth Page. You've listened in to Resilience in You. We'll be back next week. Look forward to having you join us then. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to Resilience in You. Please join your host, Beth Page, again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, if you find that you're facing some personal stress, try to find your calm, Be resilient 